Zambia Block Talk Radio. We do appreciate you joining us from wherever you are listening from. It is, I believe, 1600 hours in Zambia, 3 p.m. in uh, Europe, Britain specifically, uh, I believe 11 p.m. in the Western Pacific, and uh, 9 a.m. Central Standard Time in the great city of Dallas, Texas. Good morning. Welcome to Zambia Block Talk Radio. We have a great discussion for you today. We shall be waiting for our guest to join us uh, from Lusaka as he will be calling in. Um, my colleagues are here. Good morning. Uh, the people in the north. The people in the north um, are doing okay. Just watching what mm. is happening in the United States of America, observing. Yeah, I know. I know. Yeah. Isn't that uh, it's it's a it's a tragedy that we we have to go through this all the time. I mean, it's it's it's. I don't. Know. We'll leave that for open forum. <laughs> yeah, that, that's yeah. We're going to open that Pandora box. Uh, good morning, Titus. Good morning, everybody. Yeah, how are you today? Okay. You yes, are right. Uh, in the, you are right in the center of uh, where things are happening. Um, huh, what's the situation there? It's crazy. Although I've been fully busy working, so I didn't, I didn't see much. I know exactly areas that these things are happening. I, I know the areas very uh-huh. well. But it's an interesting okay. thing because uh, I'm just waiting, like you know, they're saying. I'm waiting to try and check uh, the attorney general is somebody who is my friend. So they don't have any loop of anything because uh, anything about charging those people, they don't have any mm. system where they can use because if it was just any other white person or the attorney general, that can slip. So he's watching and they know, so they just got to do the right thing. Yeah, let's wait for and hear what will happen in that situation. That's yeah, a big subject, case, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, in case you forgot, he's the one that was, remember, Keith Allison is the one that was thrown in by the Koran. Yeah, yeah, of yeah America. And he's also the one that left the seat for that Iman, the lady that Trump was talking crazy stuff with those other women senators. Uh-huh. So, so it's at the heart of all those things. General. So Iman's area, Iman's area is one of the places that there's also stuff going on. Uh-huh. So, interesting. Okay. Excellent. Okay. Okay. 
All right, our guest is, is sending me a text that is joining us uh, right now. Uh, Dr. Patrick, good morning. Okay, let's go to Bella. Hi, Bella. Moi Kalini, Moi Kalini. Damn, bye. How are you, sir, today? <laughs> I'm doing pretty good. How about yourself? Uh, doing all right. Doing all right. Uh, Excellent. Excellent. In the in the circumstances, Bella, how are you? I'm doing fine. How are you today, sir? Good. Uh, let me get something clear here. Did they break those windows at uh, CNN Center, or what happened there? Yeah, from what I, I didn't see it, but from what I've been reading, yeah, there were some protests at the CNN Center. Hmm. Okay. Um, <laughs> okay, like I said, uh, let's leave that for open forum. Um, we have an interesting discussion today. We, we will be dis- we'll be talking to the uh, uh, the Economics Association of Zambia president, uh, Dr. Luwinda Havazoka. He, he did something very unique, if I may say that. He took a tour of the city of Lusaka, uh, Dr. Patrick, and then he, he wrote down his observations. So that's actually what prompted me, Roger, to bring him to the show. <laughs> talk okay. about, mm-hmm, to talk about what he saw and what he is uh, recommending. Uh, he just sent me a message here that he's calling in. I hope he's not having any problems. Mm, so he, he's saying he, there's a way we can go back to work and still avoid uh, contracting COVID or the coronavirus. And he has a lot of theories and things to say. Uh, at times, it's good to allow people from a different field of what is prevailing to sort of, uh, what do you call it, bring in their thoughts into the situation. So, okay, let, let, let's wait for him to call in. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm eager to hear what he has to say. Interesting subject. Um, hello, bro. Hi, Noah. Hey, good morning, everyone. Good afternoon, those outside our coverage, obviously, in Zambia. We are doing great, great in Indiana. Nice and sunny so far. Nice and sunny so far. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, it seems to be sunny everywhere. Uh, let me say hello to my neighbor here in Dallas. Hi, Namunji. Good morning, good morning, everybody. Are you ready for your question for Dr. Havazoga? Yes, sir. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, I know. The Honorable Dr. Kelvin Michimba. Kelvin, what's your last name, Chimba or Chanda? <laughs> it depends uh, which side of the bed I wake up on. I can see that. <laughs> yeah. Because you know, at, you, you know, at times what happens when I'm looking for you on Facebook, I press Kelvin, then I put Chanda, nothing is coming up. Then I'm like, what am I missing here? Right. Mm-hmm. No, Chanda's my, my middle name. 
Good morning. And there's your middle name. All right, good morning. Good, yeah. good to have you on here. I, I want us to give Dr. Havasoka a good talk, a good discussion. So my main area of discussion with him is basically what he wrote when, uh, what do you call it, what he observed when he made the tour of Osaka. So that, that's what I really want to discuss with him, and he's come up with some theories, some suggestions, and stuff like that. So you guys, you can ask your questions about God, manganese, and all those things. I, I'm not going to go there. You, I'll let you guys uh, go in that direction. Um, all right. We, we're waiting for him here. And is uh, any protests in your area, Kelvin? Okay. He's, he's going on mute. Smart, smart, smart. All oh, right. sorry, sorry. Was that, was that, was that me? Yes, I was like I was asking any protests in your area concerning the death of Floyd. Oh yes, oh yes, uh, downtown uh, Indianapolis is uh, lit up. Oh oh. Yeah. Mm. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very, very unfortunate. I'm, I'm angry right now. Seriously. And it's not yeah. just about uh, Floyd, uh, Floyd being a black man. It's about. Uh, him being a human being. I mean, that can happen to a white, yellow, brown person, you name it. The, the way that guy was suffocated, uh, that's, that's not, uh, 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 you know, the way the police should, uh, should behave. No way. You, you, don't, uh, yeah. you don't kill a human being in broad daylight like that. Somebody who's restrained, handcuffed, under control. There were, there were four officers. Are they saying they could not uh, restrain that guy? And, and 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 just the casual way, you know, that guy put his knee on his neck and his hands in with his pockets. With his hands in his pockets, eh? Yeah, staring into the camera like he doesn't care, like like he's slaughtering a pig. This this nonsense of uh, 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 appreciating animals over human beings must stop. These guys must be held accountable. These are not officers. These these are racist killers, uh, masquerading as officers, hiding behind the uniforms. It's ridiculous. It's 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 an alande thing. <laughs> save it for save it for open forum. We are going to address that subject in in, in details and uh, get to the point of it. Okay, uh, I, I hope uh, Dr. Havasoka is not having any challenges because at times the ZDTR switchboard number for international calls can be a problem, but uh, it should yeah, be it, because. It, 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 yes, we are here. <clears throat> Oh, okay. Uh, I think I lost transmission for a little bit. You were saying something, Roger. I didn't hear that. If he's what? Oh, I was uh, saying if he's using 096, it is uh, usually a problem. Uh, so ask him if he can use uh, Airtel, which is 097. Yeah, he's, he's, uh, on, he's on Airtel. He told me he's on Airtel. Yeah, 977. Yeah. Um, okay. Okay. Um, yeah, uh, Noah, you are in the front line of uh, what is happening here, the COVID-19. Uh, share some thoughts with us, what, what is going on? What exactly are some of the things that you're dealing with? 
if you are able to. Noah, if you're on mute, we can't hear you. Oh, yeah, sorry, I was on mute. I, I didn't I get the question. I said, what are some of the things you are dealing with or experiencing in the front lines as you are working on this um, for the coronavirus? What are some of the things you are dealing with on the front lines? Yeah, actually, because right now we are sort of, I'm actually working this afternoon in the course center. So mm-hmm. I actually had to do a training last week because we have new ways of testing for uh, this same condition. So mm-hmm. I've been mostly working in the call center, taking questions for the medical providers and the general public. I think so mm-hmm. far we are sort of getting to a point where people are slowly adjusting because in the past we were getting questions left, right, center on pretty much anything. But now mm-hmm. there's been so much information that has been put out there. So it's mostly on a high level in terms of the policies and the next steps and who qualifies for tests. But since now there's been a lot of tests that are opened up. We have Lily, uh, one of the pharmaceutical companies up here in Indiana. They've been mm-hmm. providing tests. And for the state health department, we have drive-through tests in four sectors of our of our state. On the north side, somewhere close to Chicago, on the, in the south, and in two places in central Indiana. But so far, at least, the number of tests have increased, and unfortunately, okay. the number of deaths are also increasing. Mm. Okay. It's, 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 a, it's a very unusual situation. So Indiana is basically, are you still on lockdown or things have been loosened up? Yeah, so we are sort of semi-open because I think fortunate for some of us in our roles will be actually I get to choose which things I get to work and uh, it gives me a little bit of freedom. But Uh for for most of the companies, I think we are in the third phase. I think by June 14th, we should be up and running in, I think, throughout the state. But so far, we are slowly adjusting. I think we are 75% in. Mm-hmm. Okay. Wow. This, uh, it, it's interesting because you see what you're saying. Some of the things that uh, our guest, like I said, the reason I invited him to the show is because of some, uh, he, he toured the city of Lusaka and uh, he's an economist by qualification or credentials. And he made some observations, and he says his, his concern is that if this perpetuates the way it is and things, uh, we do not sort of come up with some, excuse me, some tangible solutions, African economies will basically, I mean, fall to their knees or collapse or things. So his argument is that uh, there should be a way business can continue, so to speak, or people can go back to work, or the economic sectors of the, of countries can begin to, the wheels can go back again, spinning and productivity, offering services, whatever sectors, 
because if we continue, he, he has actually predicted that if we continue in this situation for the next two two con- consecutive months, he sees he says he sees the Africa's economy is collapsing, and that that's what he's saying. So that's what I want him to to for us to discuss. Let's see, did he manage to call him? Uh, not yet. Okay. So basically, that's that's his argument. That's what he's reasoning and he's saying the way he's looking at things. And uh, okay, we 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 are losing time here. Um, I hope we do manage. <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. So I hope we'll we we'll, we'll get to the bottom of of of, of, of things like and see what what. <laughs> What what is is his argument is whether it holds water and what are the tangible situations? Because you see, what he says, uh, Kelvin, is that the malls, the what he uses the word where's that word? Uh, he uses upper markets. That's the terminology he uses. I guess that's an economic term or something like that. He says the upper markets are closed down, malls, shopping centers, and places like that. And people are at home. There's no trading going on. There's no productivity and all those things. But he says when he goes into places like Mutendere, Kalingalinga, and all those places, he sees that the economic activity continues. but those people, crowded markets, crowded shopping places in the in those heavily densely populated areas, but he says he still doesn't see or hear of any cases of COVID increasing or something like that. That's his argument, Kelvin. That's what he's saying. So he says basically then we can still go back to business or operate normally let activities continue um then see uh what goes on in in that situation i don't know what what, what are your thoughts i mean anybody here uh, dr patrick your thoughts <laughs> on that argument <laughs> <laughs> go ahead <laughs> uh, yeah um i mean obviously there are disparities uh the densely populated uh, areas uh mm. you know versus uh, yeah, versus uh, you know the the less densely populated areas, uh, yeah. and that also speaks to uh, economic uh, status, right? For yeah. somebody living, say somebody living in Kabulonga, Ibex Hill, you know, Roma, Olympia Park, and those areas, right? Uh, he might go to the malls and see that they are not crowded. Well, my my thought process is. It's easy for somebody maybe that lives in those areas to go to the mall once and buy stuff in bulk because they have the buying power. But uh-huh. those in densely populated areas don't have uh, you know that kind of income. For instance, uh, they they survive on hand to mouth on a daily basis, right? Yeah. So which makes the argument that they are the people okay. that need Tell to me. go out there. Kelvin, yeah. sorry, let, let me cut you short there. Um, we we. Considering we have lost a bit of time and our guests are scored in, uh, we have Dr. Luvinda Bazoka, he's the president for the Economics Association of Zambia. He's also the director of graduate school of business study at University of Zambia. Dr. Bazoka, good afternoon. Good afternoon, and sorry for 
uh, calling in late. Oh, uh, I guess you were still touring Mutendere. <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> no, I'm. Uh, I was actually touring uh, um, the preparation uh, free area uh, under Kandeshi. Okay. Uh, oh, okay. Yes, uh, I was just trying to see the situation of the Chinese and uh, the purported employees that were being quarantined. Okay. Uh, with, okay, let me just, I'll ask you about three, four questions and let my colleagues go ahead with all this. What made you, what made you go around the city? Uh, one would expect that something that uh, somebody like a cabinet minister, if not the, pre- the Republican president himself, would do. Why did you decide to do that? Well, uh, as the Economic Association of Zambia, we have MOUs with, uh, and uh, partnerships with various organizations. So yes. in the just recent uh, past, we have had uh, uh, people saying that uh, there are Zambian employees that have been possibly uh, kept in uh, Chinese uh, uh, factories uh, uh, against their wish. So uh, this was just to go and uh, get more uh, light and also to just share the experiences because uh, the position of our association is that uh, business should not shut down and things mm-hmm. should continue. So in that capacity, should employees be going forward to avoid the transmission of COVID? So the, this is what we came to, uh, to check here. Okay. The nation, the last address that the president uh, Lungu had, uh, Dr. Abazoka, he basically gave directives and directions of a reopening process. Okay. Is there, my question is, is there a task force managing this reopening process? Uh, what is going on? What is the role of EAZ? So uh, our role uh, basically has been to liaise with uh, uh, various government departments, uh, GMMU, under the Hahona, the vice president's uh, office. We've had uh-huh. uh, also interaction with the minister. Forward uh, for various uh, sectors. So we are aware that government has a multi sectoral uh, committee that has been set up uh, okay. to roll out uh, a phased reopening of, uh, of the economy. Mm. Okay, that, that's interesting. So you argue that there should be a way that. The reopening case that the medical people should guide us how we can go back to work and avoid the spread of coronavirus. Uh, explain your argument. So uh, this argument is that, uh, you know, we cannot uh, shut down as a country uh, completely. Mm-hmm. Uh, otherwise, uh, our citizens are going to die of hunger. Uh, than of corona virus, and uh, if you look at the setup of Zambia, much of our population lives in shanty compounds and in the yes. in the uh, rural areas. So these live hand to mouth, and um, they need uh, to be on the streets to be able to afford the living. And uh, as like a developing country, we have no capacity to feed our population. Therefore, we are 
alive to the fact that uh, we need to continue the wheels of the economy running, uh, but uh-huh. uh, while it's observing uh, uh, preventative measures that have been announced by government. So uh, this is, should be a more sectoral approach. The economists, as well as uh, health personnel, should uh, they say, mm. and now we move forward uh, from here. Okay. Okay. You, you, let me quote one of the things that you wrote in your little piece after you did the tour of the city. Uh, you say, and I quote, let this be a national decision and not a government decision. No one should be blamed for the consequences of opening up. Uh, what do you mean national decision as to not a government decision? So Zambia is a highly politicized society. And uh, as such, uh, uh, both uh, uh, all political parties will try to seize uh, the opportunity to attack each other based on decisions that are being made. Nobody yes. knows what COVID uh, is up to today. Very few have known about the disease. That's why we don't have the cure yet. So if we are going to be making a decision to be open, which is a wise decision because a larger section of the population uh, needs to eat. Uh, so they need the function, the, the current function for that. So whatever uh-huh. decision government makes, one should be in the best interest of the people and no one should blame them for any consequences because uh, it's more like a national. Nobody knows uh, what is going to be. For example, uh, now we have about only seven people having a died of COVID and uh, quite a number are having healed. Now, if we are okay. closed down and, for example, uh, over 50 people died because of police, uh, police shooting them for rioting for food, it was going to be much more of a problem than now. So uh, nobody knows what to expect. So uh, we also have other theories like the head immunity, which we can, uh, we can fall back on. So we need our citizens to continue working to earn money, but of course, wear the uh, face masks and also sanitize. But uh, we should also be alert to the fact that uh, maybe we are even wasting time wearing masks and sanitizing because nobody knows uh, the extent to which uh, uh, this disease uh, is transmitted from one person to, to the other. Uh-huh. Okay. The, yeah, your, your, your thoughts is I, I think there is really need for, for a sit down, uh, like you're saying, multi sectoral. Uh, approach to the problem. Okay, because of time factor, you know, I had a lot of questions for you. Let me allow my colleagues to ask you. They may come from different angles and uh, whichever point of view that uh, they they want to address uh, this uh, uh, discussion. Uh, Indiana, Kelvin, go ahead with your question. Okay, uh, mine uh, might not be a question, but uh, just to to agree with uh, Dr. Haberzaka. I think for a nation like ours, it's not easy to to close down everything because of the you know economic dynamics and uh, the the social economic status of most of our people. But it's yes. imperative that even as we move towards uh, uh, reopening, which I, I doubt there was any closing uh, per se for for those in densely populated areas. But as we move forward to reopening. We still have to, you know, uh, practice, you know, uh, preventative measures. 
right? Um, uh-huh. uh, I mean, yes, face masks, uh, sanitizing, I still support uh, those things that should still go ahead. And I say this because I've seen uh, businesses in the U.S. that have reopened, and there's, there are some uh, in New York, actually. Uh, the governor has decreed that no business should serve uh, uh, a customer without a mask. Without a mask. Uh, but, yeah, but for the most part, uh, Dr. I agree. I agree with you. Thank you. Thank you very much. Dr. Abazoka, when you went through the, the densely populated compound, were the people, to, to, a, to, an, to a great extent, were the people wearing masks? Uh, you could see one or two. I think the the short period uh, of time that I spent in Kamanga and these other areas, I could yeah. count maybe a maximum of 20, 20 people that were wearing masks. Just today in the morning, you know, I'm calling from Kitwe, and I was at okay. Sokone Market. Uh, there's no form of uh, um, social distancing whatsoever. Uh, shops are allowing people to go in without even wearing uh, uh, face masks. I did mm-hmm. not see anybody issuing out uh, uh, hand sanitizers or sanitizing uh, people at the entrances as it is happening in uh, Lusaka. So uh, uh, that being said, I think that uh, uh, COVID, unfortunately for Zambia, or fortunately for Zambia, uh, hasn't yet reached. Because uh, if it was there, and uh, mm. the level of uh, uh, impunity at which we are uh, not following uh, the quarantine mm-hmm. or the social distance you know, government guidelines to prevent COVID, the levels are quite high. So yeah. for Zambia, I think uh, COVID as a disease uh, has not hit uh, hard, and uh, as such, there's no justification for us to to retire, it closed down. Because uh, uh, the water I saw at Sokone Market, for example, today, uh, yes. is something else. Wow. Mm. Interesting. Okay, let's ask a lady to ask a question that she has. Uh, Namunji, go ahead, please, with your question. Hello, Bona Munji. Okay, I guess maybe she... Uh, let, let's go to Canada. Uh, Namunji will come in later. Roger, please go ahead. Uh, yes, uh, Dr. Amazoka, welcome again. Uh, this is Roger. Uh, let me ask you some questions away from, uh, from uh, COVID. First question is, uh, the Economic Association of Zambia, are you a statutory body or you are just an association uh, we 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 are in the process of we as association. I think uh, the oldest uh, association, one of the oldest associations in Zambia, we were formed in 1969 as the Lusaka Economics Club, and in 1985 converted into the Economics Association of Zambia. Uh, we were registered under the Societies Act, uh, but when the law was being changed, uh, tightening regulation to societies. Uh, we we transformed into another form, but at the moment uh, we are getting an act of uh, parliament. And, okay. Uh, uh, we are to have memo. We stage. Okay, I've got uh, to, to one thousand questions. But, uh, following <laughs> that question, <laughs> yeah, following the 
uh, that question. One of the articles I saw uh, when you were talking about COVID it was the unemployment. Uh, one of the things mm -hmm. we've done over time on this radio, uh, Dr. Havazoka, is pushing our government. Um, as they say, uh, you cannot fix something, uh, you cannot measure. Uh, they, they, I, I don't know the um, statistics, uh, Zambia, why they don't produce unemployment numbers. You said uh, there will be higher unemployment in Zambia. And my question on, uh, on our group was, what were you basing uh, that question on? Uh, do you know how, how high before, uh, how, what was the unemployment uh, before uh, COVID? Uh, after COVID, are we going to know? And therefore, we'll be able to say, okay, the unemployment is this high because of COVID. Or we're just going to be, to be using our intelligence. Well, I think that uh, the government publishes unemployment levels. And uh, uh, based, on the, uh, based on the definition from the International Labor Organization, uh, which I do not agree with, According to that mm. definition, any person who who worked for at least uh, uh, an hour in a particular calendar year mm. uh, uh, was considered to have worked uh, if they got for that uh, money or uh, uh, on, or anything. So, um, based on that definition, there's a lot of employment in Zambia because uh, we have uh, youth going into town and doing one or two or two things. But, of course, uh, the, the frequency with which these employments are coming is uh, reducing, owing to the fact that uh, uh, businesses, most of them, especially bars, restaurants, have shut down, and those are major providers oh. of, uh, of employment. Uh, mm. let, let, let me push you again. I'll, pu I'll really push you on that. Uh, where can I find unemployment numbers in Zambia? Uh, you will find them in the Labor Force Survey reports from the Central Statistics Office, and you also okay. yes, uh, find uh, them from the Central Statistics Office. I'm sure the unemployment numbers you are looking at are the ones that are most like weekly, the ones that seem uh, released uh, in the USA. I think the reason why we don't have those is that uh, uh, our record keeping and uh, uh, remains unsophisticated, and we need to. Uh, to uh, to work hard to ensure that uh, we uh, provide uh, data uh, uh -huh. in a timely manner so as to inform uh, policy. It's true. Uh, we need on a monthly basis uh, to provide data on information on jobs created and jobs lost. But uh, you'll find that uh, Zambia's economy is largely Zambia's labor uh, industry is largely uh, informal, so it's very difficult for for yeah. us to, to qualify uh, uh, jobs. About eight percent of our workforce uh, is in the informal sector, and the eighty percent of that is the agriculture sector, and it becomes very difficult to quantify those figures. Mm. Let, let me let, on that unemployment aspect, Doctor Abazoka. Let, let me. You wrote something about uh, the hospitality industry. How are things looking on that in that aspect? Is, it, uh, is the hospitality industry completely shut down? What is happening in comparison to the agriculture sector? 
Well, uh, the, when you look at the hospitality industry, it does remain shut. Uh, uh-huh. Restaurants are open, but even uh, some restaurants, that's why I give an uh, likes to uh, to reopen. I mean, to reopen, we have the famous Chicago's in Osaka, and uh, they don't they fall on the uh, on the list of those uh, restaurants that should open. They, they but they have chosen not to reopen, and there are mm. a lot of such restaurants that haven't reopened. Mm. Are they not reopening because for fear of? the situation or the, they haven't just been given a go-ahead to reopen? Much of it uh, is uh, fear. Uh, the mm-hmm. other part is, uh, uh, you know, there's uh, an unwritten rule that uh, uh, if you are not operating, you don't pay rental mm. in shopping malls. I think that's the main reason why these people remain closed. Okay, okay. What, what what do you see? Those of my colleagues, if you have questions, please press one so that I can see that you want to ask a question. What do you see? As, because I know obviously, and I, I thought I was going to mention this to you last night. Yesterday, there was a report here, and I know you are following these things. There was a report here that actually 40 million, four zero, Doctor Razoka, Americans have lost their jobs. And one of the largest airlines in the world, although it primarily operates within the U.S. and North America, but they do also international flights, American Airlines is going to cut its staff by 30 to 40 percent by September. I know when you hear things like that, you also look at it in the African context. What goes through your mind when you are hearing statistics like that from big economies like the U.S.? You know, the U.S. economy remains rather speculative, and uh, yes. jobs are created based on demand and supply uh, on a daily basis. So when you look at uh, uh, what is obtaining, in, uh, when it is obtaining, when you look at what is obtaining uh, in, uh, uh, in the USA, of course, we expect mm-hmm. them to, uh, to cut down costs because their people are paid per hour, and then if you're not pushing in hours, won't get paid. But you look at uh, Zambia and a lot of African countries remain with uh, uh, labor laws that uh, mm-hmm. are communist in nature, where people still get gratuities, uh, where people still um, get leave days. I know in the USA, if you get a leave of two months, uh, then I don't know for whom you work, but uh, uh, in, in Zambia and other African countries, that is uh, very common. I mean, people yeah. get 100% gratuities. Maybe you wait for four years and your contract expires. What you made for four years will be paid back to you and uh, don't be taxed. Uh, mm. Such uh, laws uh, are only there in, in, in Zambia and in other African countries. That's why I think labor laws uh, restrict employees from employers from firing employees and they internalize the losses. Mm-hmm. Mm. Let me ask Dr. Abazoka, he has mentioned the pay hour there. I'm very interested, mm-hmm. uh, Dr. Abazoka, what you have to say pay hour in Zambia. Why is it so difficult to uh, put our employees in Zambia 
uh, on the on the pay hour basis, uh, because I think, in my view, that will end a lot of uh, this. Let me sorry to say laziness. We we see people uh, they've gone to the funeral, they've gone here, they've gone this pay hour will end that. Uh, that is very true. One is going to reduce uh, le- reduce labor costs for uh, labor to reduce labor costs for companies. That is one. Two, uh, it is going to uh, enhance productivity because people won't just be lazing around. Uh, three, it is going to push out of government uh, the political party that is going to introduce that because people are really invented to lazy around. Well, it is it is called board leadership because you know, Doctor Alonsoka, what you are you are aiming for as a as, as a nation. So yes, some of the things are risky, are political, but the benefits uh, as an association, if you were to advise government, what would you say? Well, I think uh, you are very you are very correct. Uh, we need to make board decisions. But uh, those board decisions cannot be made a year before into the election. I think they can be made just, uh, uh, you know, it, it's going to become a issue. I think uh, uh, in the coming weeks I'll write about that just to collect views of citizens. But I know that is going to okay. be fought not by employers, but by employees. Mm. So you should come back yeah. and uh, do that review uh, on Zambia Block Talk right? <laughs> when you write about it. Yes, yes we will. We, yes. we, 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 I mean, I did a lot of reading on a lot of stuff that you have written. That's why I said I'll leave the other questions to my colleague. My interest was to focus on the outcomes of the tour that you did in the city. Let's have a lady ask a question here. Namunji, go ahead. Namunji, go good ahead. Good, hello, good afternoon this morning, Dr. Havazoka. This is Namunji. Uh, my Thank you very much. Yeah, mine is away from the main topic. I'm going to divert you to the gold, the much talk to gold today. I saw you did an article on the gold thing. My question, I have two questions actually. Uh, one is, has the EAZ officially written to the President and the Minister of Mines with some specific uh, suggestions on how uh, we can have Zambians purely on this gold thing? Because it's one thing to make statements, but it's another thing to provide a roadmap on what the government should, should be doing. Then my next question is on emeralds, because I've seen people are up again about gold. Because what, what is the EAZ's position about the emerald? Because most of the emerald mines on the copper dollar are owned by the foreigners. So what's the difference between the emerald and gold? Why are people so much excited about the gold not being owned by the foreigners than the other minerals in Zambia. Thank you. Well, uh, first of all, uh, it's true that uh, we have written to government, the president, the CCM parliament, uh, about mm-hmm. gold. And we did that uh, two years ago. And um, it's uh, now an open secret that uh, EZ is the one that pushed the gold uh, uh, agenda, you know, uh, mm. EZ is uh, uh, at EZ we are more of a social democrats. Uh, mm-hmm. We are much more 
uh, we have an approach of uh, which is a bit socialistic. So we feel that uh, uh, we should not rely so much on Bretton Woods institutions uh, because uh, we have not seen any positives uh, from the same. So <laughs> uh, our thinking is that um, uh, we need to create value in Zambia for us to be able mm. to meet our obligations as a country. And uh, when we were challenged to produce uh, Mm, uh, such new avenues of creating value, we mentioned gold, and that is the script everybody is following. Okay, interesting. Okay, let's take one more question before we uh, conclude our discussion here. Titus, uh, please go ahead. Uh, good afternoon, Harazoka. This is Titus Natala, Minnesota. Good. I just have good a afternoon. question also. I have a question on how are you tracking these Chinese investors that come in with a regulation, they come in with 500,000, and then they are found selling chickens and stuff. How do you track and how can you tax? Because now they come in as investors, there's a tax code as a business, as a big entity. Then they are doing a different business. So how do you track with these dense areas? if they're selling chickens as a farmer or something like that, and then there's no tax system from Soweto market. So somebody came in as an investor, has a tax code, and then some of them are not doing that kind of business. They're doing a Soweto business market of selling chickens, and even Soweto, you can't track taxes unless I'm, I'm lost. How do you follow that, and what can you recommend? And can you also comment on the second note would be on... Uh, on this Mokula tree and stuff, I don't know whether also in that field, how can, what is your stance? Because we see sometimes it's government officials, sometimes there's a ban, sometimes we don't even know where it is, but that can create money for Zambia to sort out all these other economic problems. Well, first of all, when you look at um, uh, immigration, Zambian laws are very clear. It's uh, mm. supposed to be uh, an investor. An investor is somebody who has, uh, a foreign investor is somebody who has made uh, the 500,000 US dollars investment, and when they come in, they are given an investment permit and uh, they operate. Uh, those that are selling chickens, I don't know, they are uh, basically, uh, and they have not met uh, uh, the capital requirements and they probably don't have a proper permit to, to do that, uh, should be visited by the law and made to, uh, to face the full rest of the, of the law because they are disadvantaging Zambian citizens and uh, crowding them out. Um, but in terms of Mkula, I think it should not be credited because these are trees that are over 100 years. And uh, mm-hmm. we, by selling Mkula, we are actually selling our future. As a country, you know, we are going to, we are changing the uh, the landscape, you know, the climate uh, of uh, of our country. So in Mukula, whether government or non-government, nobody should trade in it because these are old trees. It takes a lot of years, over 50 years for a Mukula tree to grow. So those wow. should be protected trees. And if those trees were in the USA, 
you are going to face the death penalty uh, to exploit them. Mm. Mm. Wow. Uh, thank you, Titus, for that question. Zoka, there are two major events that uh, the Economics Association was supposed to. Uh, go ahead. Who is this? Yeah, Kelvin, sorry. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Dr. Abazoka, uh, and not uh, not to make this uh, political, but uh, the apology by the mayor to the Chinese community uh, for doing the right thing. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? You know, in the beginning, I also thought that uh, that was the right thing, but I'm sure. Um, uh, after the investigation, uh, I have concluded that we basically misunderstand the, uh, the confinement of London employees by Chinese investors. So the president mm-hmm. made it a uh, call uh, to say uh, that uh, no company should close down essential companies, yes. and the mining is, uh, is essential. So the people that we visited said... Uh, they don't want to die of COVID, but at the same time, they don't want to lay off employees. So if uh, people are not going to be quarantined at work in shifts, then uh, businesses have to close down. Uh, mm. But if businesses close down, nobody should come and force them to reopen the way it happened with Mopane, because we threatened to, to grab Mopane's license. So in this uh, sense, the Chinese are correct because mm. at the same time we are telling them that uh, they should continue operating. Then again, we are telling them we cannot quarantine. Then again, we are saying mm. social distancing. Those three don't move together. Yeah, very, very complicated circumstances. In our conclusion, I wanted you to speak to. I know COVID has affected a lot of things. Yeah, you were supposed to host the economic summit and uh, the Zambia diaspora summit. Uh, where do things stand on those two events? So the Wakanda One diaspora summit has been pushed uh, further to a date to be announced. Uh, okay. But uh, the, for, as for the summit, we are looking at uh, October. We okay. don't want to uh, to stop anything. We want to continue, and we hope that the summit is going to be that event that is going to kickstart conferencing in Zambia. Mm. That's that's excellent. How do you see as one of the points that you made in your arguments after your to say African countries can take advantage of this situation to advance its opportunities? How do you see that happening? Uh, we're using the summit. No, no, no. I mean, it's just a general overall picture of the the coronavirus the impact or effects. Yes, uh, I think that uh, much of the good that for Africa to uh, to become self-sufficient. So uh-huh. what we are saying is that. Uh, uh, this is the time for African countries to start uh, producing goods. This is the time for African countries to now understand that uh, everybody closed uh, 
dans euh, euh, and, uh, uh, you know, issues at national level. So it's high time yeah. for us, uh, Africans, to look also at ourselves and, uh, and support our cause. So this is the time for us to be self-sufficient. Excellent. Yeah, it's true. Agreeable on that point. Actually, it's time that. Uh, well, uh, you 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 alluded to the concept of the African Union getting together to address the issue of uh, uh, what do you call it, the debt being cancelled or interest being eliminated, and uh, any strides in that area. Well, look, the United States of America just printed money, and nobody stopped them, and there's no inflation. <laughs> the U.S. dollar remains the currency. Uh, the, 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 uh, the U.S. can print money however they want, and African countries can't do that. And the U.S. dollar is that currency. That is an international yeah. currency. So you cannot... There's no fair game, so this is the time for us to also get. If you can print one country, can be allowed to print three trillion to meet costs. Uh-huh. You print money because you don't have money to meet your cost, but rating agencies are not calculating you. But you come and downgrade an African country which hasn't refused to pay debt, but you are saying no, you are at risk. So it doesn't make sense. Why can you downgrade America? Because they have sure they have literally told you that we are unable to to meet our obligations and we are printing three trillion. Zambia hasn't said they are printing anything. Then you go and come and downgrade them. And they haven't sent out a memo to say now we are not going to repay the debt. So yeah. Africans should look at uh, at this uh, issue from uh, Yeah, that's very true. Dr. Alazoga, we shall get back with you when you do the write-up that you said you are going to do. We'll continue this conversation. But uh, before he goes there, Nathan, we are five minutes. Uh-huh. One, one minute, I can just push in a quick question. Uh, a follow-up, Dr. Alazoga, to uh, Kelvin's uh, question. Uh, you have said uh, the Chinese were right. The question we will ask you is, um, uh, there is a clip I'm going to play in the next uh, hour, can a Zambian do that to a Chinaman in China? If that cannot mm. happen to a, a Chinaman in China, will not be allowed by law. Why would we want to subject our people uh, to that? That's number one. Number two, when our government seems to be siding with the Chinese, just about almost in anything, what are you saying to we, the owners of the country? Uh, first of all, the even government has quarantined its employees. When you look at medical doctors, mm-hmm. they are not allowed to go home. Those are employees, and they have been quarantined. Why? Because they are essential, they are fighting COVID, and they shouldn't pass it to their families. So if you have said the mining industry is essential because we need forex for it, why shouldn't we quarantine workers that are working there so they don't spread COVID? from west to their families. Because, mind you, the civil service, they are not going to work. They are working on, on Zoom. But you can't no, okay. mean resources. They need to be mined. Mm. Wow. 
that that's a, but I think the, the the issue that needs to be addressed is the conditions conditions in which these employees are quarantined. Because if you look at that uh, video camera that uh, what do you call it, Mao Sampa, when he went to that place, the way those guys were sleeping, um, I think that's where the argument comes in. Don't you agree? Okay. Dr. Abazoka? Hello. I think yes. what should be fought is yes, the conditions are not mm-hmm. the actual principle. Yeah, I think the conditions need to improve and they should be of a high quality standard. Dr. Abazoka, thank you for taking the time. We shall definitely wait for you to write that article, then we'll have you back. Thank you very much. Okay. Have a wonderful day. Thank you, thank you. Okay. Um, <laughs> we will be going to open forum here as we, we, we're we going to discuss a lot of things. We, we are going to raise a lot of things. And, uh, of course, our beginning was a little bit shaky because of, uh, I think, he was in the circumstances there. Uh, we all need to go back in and... Uh, <laughs> Open forum is going to be interesting. We have a lot of things to to offload here. Let's all go back in as we go to open forum. That. Chokela, amai kuvuti kamutima, kumazoti tazi. 